Hi, I'm Rachel. And I'm Shelly. And welcome to another episode of Chicks and Chicks Dicks. Dicks. How's it going, Rachel? Pretty good. How are you? I'm I'm busy, but like not busy. You know those days where you're like, I've been running around all day, but not being very productive? You're all... You always say that. Do you know that? <laughs> well, that's, that's that's what I feel like my life is right now. No, like, because I'm, I'm puppy sitting. Yeah. So, like, my whole day revolved around, like, every couple hours taking the dog out, right? So, usually I just have more of a flow. And it's like, come back home. It's like being tethered. Mm-hmm. And he's cute, though. Yeah. He's very cute. Yeah. So other than that, though, like nothing interesting going on. Just the usual yoga, craziness, tax Yo- time, organizing my office for three days. That That's, was sucking. That sounds like you just said yoga was crazy. Yoga's fun. I like yoga. <laughs> but it's not craziness. <laughs> maybe you're maybe you're doing yoga wrong. If it is crazy or if it isn't crazy. If it isn't. <laughs> I am curious to try that beer yoga. Have you heard about this? Yes. So my friends teach that. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're ever back in Collingwood, we can get together and do some beer yoga. But that's not the yoga you're doing. You're not doing beer yoga. No, I'm just doing uh, regular yoga. So it's not, it's, it's very nice. It's very relaxing. Right. Okay. It's nice. Today, I just felt like I needed to center myself. What? It's just like I don't know. Sounded very new agey. Kind of dumb thing to say. <laughs> yes. It is a dumb thing to say. I don't even know. Like, what does that mean to center yourself? Exactly. Oh, you'll hate. You'll love. You'll love hate this. Um. So, I where I sit in the office, I hear a lot of conversations. And today I heard, "Hey, how's it going? Oh, you know, living the dream." Oh. Oh. <laughs> You're living the dream in a government office job? Is that really your dream? Well, it's it's pension and benefits. That's actually, like, pretty sweet. <laughs> but he says it all the time, this guy. Living the dream. Okay, dude. Yeah, I just don't like living the dream because I just, I just hate it when people say that. I had a really bad dream last night. I wouldn't want to live that. What was it? Well, I was at a convention. That's not the bad part. Okay. <laughs> and then there was for some reason it was sort of like underwater mm. but I'm walking around and I can breathe normally and it's not an issue how, then, are the, how are the speakers speaking well no I was just wandering around the convention and I think I was like waiting for someone to bring me stuff anyway it doesn't matter you know how dreams you're kind of like in two places at once yeah or yeah, like they're sort of two realities Anyway, so I'm standing by the stairwell, and these two people float up from the stairwell, and it's like a kid and then like a guy, I guess, in his 20s, and -hmm. it's some kind of like swimming exercise where they're both holding their breath, and then the kid, he starts panicking and freaking out because he's running out of breath. And the guy in his 20s, his instructor is like trying to calm him down. It's like we still have, you know, more ascending to do or not at the top yet. And he can't shoot for the surface when the kid's like freaking out and freaking out. And then I think he started to drown. Mm-hmm. And that's when I woke up. Mm. I'm like, that was pretty terrible. That is pretty I terrible. I just but saw you know someone what... die in my dream. 
Well, that's pretty terrible. Do you know what isn't terrible? What? This book that you chose. <laughs> no, it's not terrible. Before Come on, that was to, a good segue. That was a really good segue. Before <laughs> we get to that, I want to ask you what you're drinking. I am drinking a G&T, and it's a new gin that I'm just trying out, and it's uh, apparently with African botanicals, and it's way more expensive than the other ones, and it's actually pretty good. Did you buy it because it was more expensive, or did you buy it because it was new? I bought it because it was small batch, and I'm, I'm curious, and when someone says they've been small batch making gin for eight generations, I hardly believe it. Um, eight generations of small batches? Sure. Yeah, exactly. From Africa, exporting all over the world. Um, <laughs> then it's bottled in London. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, but it's actually pretty tasty. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, I, I'm not going to bother promoting it, because um, I don't think it's worth it. <laughs> all right, then. <laughs> but but yeah it's pretty tasty cool i'm just going things very citrus forward so it makes it goes well with a nice light tonic water i don't like ginnies that are too astringent the bombay sapphire is kind of like the i don't know the coca-cola of Of drinks of gin yeah it's just like it's very juniper forward I, i find it doesn't make a very good cocktail it's kind of like to me, it's the bottom of the barrel gin. I'm sure someone's going to write us and tell me how I'm so wrong and so on and so forth. I but Tanqueray was bottom of the barrel. Mm, it depends on which Tanqueray you're getting. Tanqueray makes actually quite a few gins. Their regular one, yeah, it's not very good. Like Tanqueray and Bombay, the original. But then there's like Tanqueray, like different mixes of different botanicals. and Like yeah. the one that's referenced in gin and juice. <laughs> yeah, no, well, yeah, that's... <laughs> So basically, Bombay and Tanqueray are like kind of like your your big uh, like your your big time distilleries that just don't care. It's just they like just you know, turn it out. They don't, it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah, they don't care. So right, it's like what you would have at a bar. It's kind of like the Mossy of gin. Right. <laughs> mossy is like the gin you buy, or the Mossy is the wine you buy your friend when you don't know what to bring to a dinner because it's totally middle of the road, and everybody will drink it as the third bottle that night because they can't taste anymore. So it's the same for Bombay and Tanqueray. Well, if, no, if I'm going to bring a bottle to dinner and I don't know what to get, I'll probably try to suss out some vintage ink because that's a pretty good wine for its price yeah, point. Yeah, but you and I are a little bit different than your regular people. I suppose so. Yeah. But then if- and we like to bring something with like a story and a history and something interesting. A lot of people are just like, fuck, I need something to bring to my dinner. And I don't know anything about wine. And I can't be bothered to ask yes. the employee. And this is what my friend brought over to me. job it is <laughs> to know their stock and make recommendations. Yeah. You got it. Yep. Anyway, so back to the book. Well, I, you're not going to ask what I'm drinking? Jeez. No. Too no, bad I'm going to tell you. I made I made the point of pairing my drink with the book. Thank you. Oh, what did you get? So I was in the uh, liquor store and I found this beer. It's new to me. I'm gonna. I want to say that it's actually <clears throat> new, just in general. It's Flying Monkeys, Aurora mm-hmm. Heart, chocolate raspberry stout. Wow, that sounds rich. <laughs> it is, but I like. I like rich, heavy beers that are very chocolatey. So mm-hmm. it's pretty good. It's not as good as their um, double chocolate milk stout. Mm-hmm. But it's, I'm liking this beer. I'll buy it again. So while you're talking about your beer, why don't you tell us about the book? 
Right. So as I said, I paired the beer to the book. The book we read this week is called Sugar Rush by Rachel, awesome name, Aster. And she spells it correctly. (laughs) Aster? No, Rachel. Oh. (laughs) Dulcie Carter. Sorry. I already screwed this up. There's nothing quite like your first bite. Dulcie Carter has been running her family's homemade sweet shop, Candyland Confections, on her own since her mom passed away. But business is slow and rent is high, so Dulcie knows if she wants to keep her mom's dream alive, she'll need a miracle. Winning the annual Assembly of Chocolatiers competition will change everything, if only she can overcome her fears and bring herself to create something new for the first time in a long time. Then she meets Nick, a molten hot guy with a sexy smirk and chocolate brown eyes. The attraction is stronger than any sugar rush, until she discovers he's set to inherit his family's big box candy shop, which is her strongest competitor for first prize. Nick's got his own reasons for needing the win, but then Dulcie, oh, sorry, but then being around Dulcie is proving addictive. As the competition heats up, so do the sparks between them. Can they keep their sights on winning when love might be the sweetest prize of all? I don't know if this synopsis actually... Like, it's half there. Because that suggests, like, the whole... The book is set around and takes place during this competition. No, and it takes place prior. Prior, yeah. It's like kind of like the lead-up to the competition. Yeah. And they're basically, like, both pushed in... Like, well, he's pushed into the competition anyway. And she... She's really reluctant about entering, and that really bothered me. So let's let's go. Okay, so let's let's synopsize the story in our own way. Okay, so basically, it starts out with Dulcie, which reminded me of Dulce. It's very close. Well, that's exactly means, what it's supposed to be. Yeah, exactly. Which is sweet <laughs> in Italian, right? So anyway, that's what I figured. Yeah, but anyway, so Dulcie, I thought that was cute. But it was um, so Dulcie is has her shop. Her mom passed away. Quite a few years ago, her grandmother is kind no, of like, like her rock. Two years ago. Her mother died two years ago. Two years ago, sorry. Then oh, no, her, no. Her... Wait. I'm wrong? Because she goes to university. I thought the book said her mom died two years ago, but she already has an undergraduate degree, which is four years. Mm-hmm. She's now in grad school. But then it also mentions that she's 22. I'm like, you can't be 22 in grad school. Maybe Unless she's a like genius. Maybe she's Doogie Howser. You super know. genius. Yeah, yeah, we exactly. know that she's not because she's failing grad school. <laughs> well, she's got a lot on her plate, man. Anyway, it doesn't so, really matter. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, so, so essentially, she's going to grad school. She's got the business. She's only twenty-two, which I was surprised about because that's mentioned, I think, like midway through the book, and I was like, "Whoa!" I thought she was at least like twenty, in her mid twenties. Yeah, um, twenty-two is too young. Yeah, I'm very young. Um, and it made it seem like kind of a like too much of too much of it, like a young romance when it was actually like they seem to be a more I don't mature position. Yeah, they should both because I assume that he is like in his late twenties, hmm. but she's definitely in her early twenties, even though she's written older. Like she yes. comes off as being a lot older, so. Why not just make her older? Why does she have to be fucking 22? It's sort of, I think it's a, it just takes you out of the story, really. I, I agree with you on that one. Like, it's just like, make her 27. Yeah, right? <laughs> you can, you, she can be under 30. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. Like, just, you know, like, 
just like to run her parents' business at the age of 22. So like, you're like, okay, maybe she's like a savant or, you know, whatever. But anyway, so yeah, I agree with you on that one. But anyway, so Dulcy has the shop and she's struggling to keep it going because they do everything by hand and their biggest competitor is uh, Nick's shop and it's run by his dad. Who's all, who's just a dick. Yeah. That guy's an asshole. Like a total asshole. And you're like, and even at the end, when things kind of resolve themselves, he's still a dick. Like, it's just like, he doesn't change at all, which is fine. He's completely but like, unredeeming. Yeah. So he's just, anyway, so, uh, and his dad is a dick and he wants to automate everything, which is fine as a business model because he's after profit. He's not after and then, the yeah, actual Yeah, there's nothing art- wrong with that. He's not after the artisanal qualities of making a handmade beautiful chocolate. He wants to sell shit by the, the boatload. Yeah. And so the problem, though, is Dulcie sees... Nick's father's shop is called How Sweet It Is as her direct competition when in fact they have completely different business models and they have different, they both produce candy, but his is sort of mass produced and hers is handmade in the back kitchen. So it's like, it's not really competition. No. And so she has like, you kind of start off and you realize that she has a routine because it starts off with her routine. So she goes to the shop, she makes some sweets. She then runs to university or I guess to university stops at a homeless woman along the way and gives her a box of chocolate stopped by Graham's place, gives her a box of chocolate (laughs) and then goes to school and falls asleep in class essentially. Yes. (laughs) Which explains why she's failing. (laughs) Then she comes home. Or she comes back to the shop in the afternoon. She works all afternoon. And then kind of, I guess, and then uh, her friends come by and they drag her out to a jazz club. Or she goes to the jazz club. She actually drags her friend out to a jazz jazz club because she likes jazz because it's relaxing and it's the only way she can decompress. Which is the only time that jazz is really mentioned in this whole book. Did you you catch this? So they talk about the jazz club and how much Dulcie loves jazz. Uh, This is where she meets Nick at the jazz club. But he's playing blues. Huh. And he's a blues man. Yeah, exactly. But sh- but the author uses blues and jazz interchangeably. Yes, the author does not know the difference. <laughs> Two different kinds of music. Yeah, <laughs> I mean to be fair, sometimes they play on the same radio station. But yeah, but blues and jazz are different genres of music. Yes, and you can hear blues at a jazz club, I guess. But don't jazz at a blues clubs, but they're just—it's not the same thing. Yeah, so. <laughs> Again, something else that took me out of the book. So she goes to this club and she sees, and she's like, everybody there is usually like 40 plus, let's say. Um, And she's like the only younger person there. And then she sees Nick on the stage. She doesn't know who he is. And. uh, But it's like, I love at first sight. It's instant attraction. Instant attraction. And she's just like, wow. And so he comes over and I thought it was cute the way he came over. Cause like he saw her, he liked her, but also like, he's like, Hey, you're the young young people here. (laughs) (laughs) It was cutely awkward. It was cutely awkward. Although she was talking about his smirk and I'm like, I hate smirks. I don't find smirks attractive at all. I think it's smarmy. Smirk is too, is cocky. It is. Yeah. I think that would be the wrong way to put it across, right? So yeah, so, so that just anyway. So was. yeah, he comes off. So anyway, so they start talking. They find out they have all these things in common, and then they find out that they're rival chocolate shop owners. And then Nick becomes a dick. <laughs> well, he's like, he's not a dick at first because he's still he's like, well, okay, we're rivals, but that's like 
not really that's that's someone else's problem i like her and he like does his best to like he comes to visit her and stuff um but she's like a little standoffish and then they they decide they're going to try to make it work um and so they're but then like her grandmother and his father find out about the relationship and they're both, it's like, basically it's Romeo and Juliet. They're forbidden from seeing each other because of this family feud. And that's even brought up as well. It it came up really late in the book. Because as soon as, like, and as soon as they mention this feud, the characters should have been aware enough to make the connection between their situation and Romeo and Juliet. But that doesn't happen until much later in the book. Where it's like, well, now I understand why Romeo and Juliet never worked out. It's like, he mm-hmm. should have got there sooner. <laughs> yep. Um, and then, but. yeah, and then they're like, then Dulcie, so, okay, so that's happening. This relationship is sort of is starting to develop. Dulcie, blossoming, it's blossoming. blossoming. Thank let's, you. let's use the romantic term. <laughs> blossoming. So Dulcie needs cash now. Mm. Um, and so this is this is the other thing that bothers me about this. She cares so much about getting her master's and spending the last of like the money she has from her mother's insurance on her master's degree, but doesn't want to spend it on the shop. Well, because that money was stipulated for education. I don't think it was. No, it was. it was. She makes a big point of saying that in the book that her mother I thought- set aside money for her to go to university. Like, it was a specific wish of her mom's. And then after she graduated, there's still money left over from that education fund. So she's like, I'll go to grad school. Right. Um, so that's why she doesn't just quit school and then funnel that money into the shop. But worse still, it's like, well, here's this um, chocolate tears competition. And the grand prize is $50,000, which you desperately need but yeah, and then you're like, no. She's like, I don't want to do it. Because I had a really bad experience two years ago, and, like, I just can't get over my shit. It's like, yeah. well, and then she say goodbye to, to like your a, mother's a dream. Watermelon, a watermelon truffle. Yeah, she made pop. some shit chocolate, and it was disgusting. It's like, and you it, fucked it, I, up! <laughs> so let's go over. Her mother's legacy was basically, like, a, a savant of chocolate. Or of candies, should we say. Yeah. And... um she always feels like she's inadequate to live up to her. So she keeps on reusing her mom's recipes and kind of going over like old ones that people haven't had for a while and thinking that they might forget or something. So she has no confidence in her own abilities. So she goes into this competition at the year after her mom dies and fucking just blows it. But she's unwilling to try again. And yet she has all these ideas for recipes in her head um, all the time, but she never writes them down and she never does anything about it. Yep. And so that was it's really like she doesn't even experiment with it. I know, and that was so annoying because she's holding herself back, and she has all these people around her who love her and support her, and want her to try. Like just so you tried, and, and you know, and it went badly. You fucked it up, but and, and that, not a reason I, to not try again. I think that's that is the only thing I can put down to being maybe twenty two. Like just that lack of confidence and not wanting to humiliate yourself because you're not a confident person and you have no self-esteem. Like that is the only part of the book where I could explain that by being young, but it's not brought up enough and it's not believable. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, okay, I get that. Like you were mortified 
at this competition, which you have won repeatedly in the past with your mom. And now you're there on your own and you're a bit of a laughing stock. I get how that would be, you know, you'd be a little gun shy after living through that experience. But at the same time, that's not a reason to never create in private. No, yeah, that's the thing that bothers me is like, I like to draw. I'm not going to like enter into competitions, but it doesn't prevent me from drawing. (laughs) (laughs) So that like, if she was still creating, but just for herself and was too afraid to share it with other people, Hmm. that I think would be a little bit more relatable than just like, fuck it, I'm never doing this again, ever, Mm -hmm. in my entire life, even though my livelihood depends on it. So, like, so that, yeah, so that was a little bit of an issue that I had with her character. Mm -hmm. Um, But then, so, of course, Nick's shop is going to enter the competition, and she essentially just, her grandmother, like, finally kind of steps up to the plate and says the right things to her to get mm-hmm. her to enter. And that, I felt like it took a really long time to get there. Yeah, her grandmother's a weird character in this because it's like she's so confident. She does yoga and she's kind of like a new agey grandma. Yeah, she's like a hip grandma. Yeah, but she doesn't <laughs> like actually support her granddaughter very much. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. She just, because she her grandmother refuses to set foot in the candy store. Mm-hmm. Um, because she misses her daughter. Understandable. And so the store is too much of a reminder of her daughter. And the Mm -hmm. whole, like, throughout the book, like, Dulcie always, because, like, when it's her point of view, she's like, yeah, you know, grandma lost a daughter, but I lost a mom. And, you know, we're talking about the same person. And so it's like her grandmother is very selfish in her grief. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, you know, it's something to be shared between the two of them. And so it like takes almost like an act of God, essentially, to kind of get the grandma back into the store. Well, yeah, exactly. So, so what happens is is that, uh, Nick and Dulcie get along very well, although they have tension and there's things are rising, but they have feelings and they know they do. And every single time they see each other, like he comes by the, sh- the shop and it's cute. The, the interplay and how they keep on fucking up everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause they're so awkward and nervous. <laughs> Cause, yeah. They just don't know what to do. So they keep on saying the wrong things and pissing off the other person. So and we just, we've all been there Yeah, <laughs> saying the stupidest shit because I don't flustered. usually piss people off i just get people looking at me like you're fucking weird yeah. what an idiot yeah no not even an idiot you're just, just weird like, you're weird you're a very weird person and i'm like yeah, i know i'm weird and they're like yeah, no but like like not cute weird like just fucking weird like not stalkery weird but you're just, just weird. like but not, attra- weird. not attractive weird yeah. <laughs> you know what i'm talking about yep yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then in your mind, you're like, how do I recover from this? Yeah. Like, and, and you're smiling and clenched teeth. You're like, how is this going to change? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's not good. Oh, can't. I don't, I don't cut think, your losses. I don't think I, walk away. Just. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I can turn this around. Like the time I was accused of being racist. Yes. <laughs> that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> oh, my God. So should I go through that story? You open your mouth wide enough, you could put your other foot in it. Oh. That was hilarious. Uh, (laughs) Just tell the story. We all need to hear it now. 
I live in a small town and it's primarily white people at that time. Now it's actually much more diverse, but at the time it was very white. And there's a one bar where people were dancing and there was a dude there and he was African-American black, whatever you want to say in a proper term. And um, he was cute. Anyway, so I was talking to him. He had this like big ass earring in his ear. And I was just like, oh, you're not from around here. And he got immediately defensive. He's like, why would you say that? And I'm like, oh, well, because I'm a local and it's you just kind of see everybody around, right? So because it's a touristy town in that area, like it's a resort over in that area anyway, right? And also the way he was dressed was just not locally. (laughs) So (laughs) and then he was like, oh, well. And I'm like, so are you here, like, skiing? He's like, well, I'm a snowboarder. And I was like, oh, so you're on the dark side. <laughs> and I'm like, as in Star Wars. Because <laughs> it's the whole skier snowboarder rivalry. Snowboarder, like, he's on the dark side, as in he's like Darth Vader, not because he's black. And he was like, what do you mean by that? And I was like, this is also before Star Wars was very popular, and this would have been in the mainstream lexicon. Um, so, so, so he was like, what do you mean by that? And I was like, no, I just... I just meant that, like, you know, you're, you're like, not from around here in the dark side. Like, we call that of snowboarders because it's, like, skiers are on the light side. And he's, like, sorry. And I'm, like, and I basically just, like, go, like, I, at that point, I was, like, I'm not recovering from nope. this conversation ever. Even I'm, like, you know, and you're just, like, I could explain it as being Star Wars and I would probably make it better. But it just, just couldn't happen nope. at that point. So I was just, like, I literally stepped back and said, I'm going to go get a drink. And he just turned to me and said, you should do that. <laughs> <laughs> the worst. I was like, oh. and I, I can't remember who it was with, but I was like, I think that guy thinks I'm a racist. And they're like, why? And I'm like, because I said he was on the dark, dark side, side for snowboarding. First I said you're not from around here. And then they said he was on the dark side. <laughs> and people were howling at me. <laughs> my friends know it was the funniest thing. And then at that point, I'm going like, one of my best friends is black. But like, like I couldn't worst say that. Thing to say. There's no recovery. There's <laughs> no. no recovery. At that point, you're just like, why? Why bother? Don't. Like, it's just, like. Yeah, sir, I hope you enjoy your evening. I'm sorry to have bothered you. <laughs> exactly. Excuse me while I go into this hole. I think you're rather attractive and I'm walking away. Goodbye. <laughs> cool. Yeah, that was that was terrible. Anyway, so that that type of, type of thing kind of happened with, with these two. Yes. Um, no one accuses anyone of being a racist. Um, <laughs> no, because they're both white, I'm assuming. I think well they're on the cover of the book they are so that's what I'm going with well yeah well I mean we have to assume that'll most of these I think that's an interesting topic actually like why do we always assume and why are they always white on the cover because the interesting thing that I did like about this book is that they didn't go into like hard bodies or like super fit it's like he had chocolate brown eyes and like dark hair and, and she has it. light eyes and dark hair, but it said nothing about their physical nature. Yeah, we don't know but anything they, what they look like. Yeah, yeah. So you kind of like you didn't have any presumptions because usually it's like, oh, and she had a tight ass, and she was super curvy, and she was this, and she was that, or he had like a sporty body, and he was super hot with like washboard abs, and that didn't happen in this book, and mm-hmm. I actually liked that. Yeah, well, it's sort of more to your imagination what mm-hmm. these people look like, which is nice. Yeah. So anyway, anyway, they kiss, they kiss, and, and they do. It's cute. It's cute. Yeah, that's oh yeah, like leaning over the table, right? Because he's in her shop. The counter. Um, and then sort of as they kind of nearing the competition, she she finds 
recipes that her mother wrote um, before she died that she'd yeah. hidden away. And so um, they make... So there are five recipes. They make and they're in a folder titled "Top Secret." Today. Yes, they are. <laughs> I thought that was pretty awesome. Actually, <laughs> so they make these new recipes, and it's like a huge hit. Their business is booming, but she holds one back for the competition. And this is why I'm like, why did you release all of these new recipes at, at the same time? Exactly. Like, why don't you do like one at a time for a couple months? Yeah, because like, because you, you don't have anything else. So if you'd been a little bit slower with your releases, you could have kept up the foot traffic in the shop because they're really busy for a week. And then it sort of starts to taper off. And it's like, and well, then, fuck, I don't have any more ideas. <laughs> yeah. And then and then later on, they're saying like, oh, well, you know, Dulcie, you can come up with a recipe a month and we'll keep on going. Like, it's just, And you're like, and also if I'm going to like a truffle shop, like I might want to get a couple of the new recipes, but who knows that I might not like them. You still want to have like classics on hand instead of like filling your shop full of new ideas all the time. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think they always have like the classics and stuff. They don't say that shit. Um, Well, you have to assume it's not, they only don't just have like four candies at once and that's it. (laughs) I'm imagining that they have uh, a fairly good selection. Anyway, so. All right. Well, yes. I was going to mention that on the side, we find out that Nick, when he's nervous and stressed out, he actually is a cupcake connoisseur. He actually doesn't even like chocolates. He likes can- he no, likes he cupcakes. he likes to bake. And this is, like, not something he's ever shared with anyone. He's afraid to tell his dad because his dad's an asshole and, like, kind of wants Nick to take over the business, but at the same time, like, has this other guy who works for him. And he used to, and Nick is a little self-conscious and covers it with being cocky because he was a chubby kid, apparently. Yes. Um, I knew a guy who, he, he would always touch his abs. Mm -hmm. And then my friend told me, she's like, did you ever notice how this guy's always kind of like feeling his abs and stuff? I'm like, I guess she's like, she found out why it's because he used to be fat Mm -hmm. and he was really like lost a ton of weight, got in shape, but is still really self-conscious about it. Mm-hmm. And so that's why he's always like touching his. So he's like reassuring to reassure himself. himself that okay, I'm not fat. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Oh, dude. So Nick isn't quite like that, but no, no, he's not at all. But he does. He does. He likes to eat his feelings in cupcake form. He does. Yes. And there's a moment where he like he's really upset because Dulcie hates him because of something that happened. And he's like, well, the only thing to do is eat. Yeah. <laughs> but instead of making a cupcake, he goes to a cupcake shop and he takes and he one bite it. and it's the it's like the worst thing he's ever tasted. So he goes and just, I guess, no, he goes home and bakes his own cupcakes. Yes, he does. And then he goes to apologize to her because he felt like an asshole and he brings these cupcakes and everybody in the shop loves them, but they don't have a chance to say anything because they, because oh, no, Dulcie time. fucks that's, it up and that's, like basically. No, that's, he brings her cupcakes earlier. Yeah. And everybody okay. loves them, and they don't know that he baked them. And then later mm-hmm. on, when he's, like, all upset, then he bakes more cupcakes. And it's like, for fuck's sake, when are you just going to open up your own cupcake store? I know, right? Because <laughs> it's clearly where we're going with these friggin' cupcakes. Yep. Um, so, around this competition, so Nick's father hasn't had an original idea since he automated the store, like, I don't know, five years ago? Whatever yeah. that happened. Um, and Dulcie's store, of course, is like the darling of all the local food bloggers right now because she has all these new recipes. And but also, can, are what? we going to mention Jess in this? 
Jessie or yeah, we'll we'll get to her. Okay. Um, but like, this is around the time where the the well, I can't say parents. Well, Nick's dad and Dulcie's grandmother find out about their relationship, and the dad is such a dick that he comes into Dulcie's shop demanding to see her grandmother, mm-hmm. and then like gives her an earful about dating his son and stay the hell away from my son and all this shit. And she's got like the new, her new creation sitting in boxes on the counter mm-hmm. and she doesn't know it at the time, but he steals one and enters it into the competition. Yep. And it's the same one she's going to enter. Mm-hmm. And so I like, I did, I knew something was coming. Like I knew that he'd taken a box because the author had made a big deal about she put the chocolates in the box and then put the mm-hmm. box on the counter. <laughs> it's like, okay, obviously he's going to walk out with one of these boxes and no one's going to notice until it's way too late. Yep. Um, but that was like pretty underhanded. And this guy's such an asshole about it too. Yeah, he does. And he's like, he's constantly undermining his son. He's like, oh, you don't have like, kind of like you don't have the chops kind of idea. Yeah. But then, like, he's like, I have a challenge for you, son. And he gives him a bunch of chocolates. He's like, I need you to break down these recipes. Because, of course, he doesn't know how they were made. And Mm -hmm. so he, like, unwittingly gets Nick to copy Dulcie's mother's recipe Mm -hmm. for these chocolates. And, of course, he feels like, oh, this is a great moment. I'm, you know, I'm bonding with my dad a little. He's suddenly, he's really proud of me. And he's really stingy with his praise because he's a dick. But, of course, it's all just so this guy can win this contest and he doesn't need the money mm-hmm. it's just so he can stick it to Dulcie's grandmother grand- because, because they used to date they used to date <laughs> how old is this woman Wow, she's like five years older than him i have a feeling that the women in the carter family had their children at a young age yeah i know right <laughs> well well she does mention she's like oh we have our kids and then the boys leave us yeah but, like, so Nick's dad, let's, okay, so Dulcie's grandmother is about five years older than Nick's father. Mm-hmm. And let's say Nick's father is, like, probably in his 50s. Mm-hmm. So that would make, let's say Dulcie's grandmother is 60. Yeah, okay, that's fair. And Dulcie's 22. Mm-hmm. So do the math on that. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> Jeez, these women. Um, anyway, just a little side note there. Mm-hmm. I completely lost track of what I was talking about. I got so high up when these women got pregnant. <laughs> so essentially, so Nick unwittingly finds out the recipe. And then, so his, the dad goes and enters the same chocolate into the competition, and he gets his chocolate tested first, which would have been, I guess, totally ruined if, or like the fact that that was just luck. Yeah, because if Dulcie's chocolate had been but, tasted oh, first, oh, but prior to that, yes, uh, there's like this. Dulcie and Nick <laughs> were making out in the room, and Nick accidentally crushed her box of chocolate Chocolates. that she was going to submit. Yeah, and then she accuses him of doing it on purpose. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, 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 I didn't mean to. And she's like, fuck off. I don't want to hear about it. Um, she manages to salvage. She had like an extra box, whatever. She manages to enter the chocolates. Everything's okay. And then at the competition where she sees that Nick's 
shop has the same chocolate she does, then she's like, this sort of solidifies it in her mind that Nick was just playing her this whole time. Never mind the fact that Nick's father had told him to cozy up to Dulcie as a bit of industrial espionage. Mm. <laughs> and he tells her about this. Right. So, of course, she's going to believe that when you A, crush her chocolates, and B, have the same entry as she does. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, so the interesting thing is that they both kind of lobby to the competition. Well, no, it's just she does. She So, she's so upset by this, she leaves immediately. <laughs> yeah. Um, Which is something a maybe a 22-year-old would Which do. is something a 22-year-old would do, but I would imagine... But again, like, because the grandmother... Like, the grandmother's like, okay, let's go. And, like, it's really nice of the grandmother to be like, you know, we do it, like, we're just getting the fuck out of here. I've got the bags already packed. We're taking the stairs so we don't run into anyone in the elevator. I'll check us out. You go outside. So, like, the grandmother's in her corner, but at the same time, it's like, running away isn't the solution. Mm. And when she gets home, she tells the women at the shop about what happened, and then she goes to Jess for help. Yes. Jess is the homeless woman who lives in the alley behind the candy shop. And she and Dulcie have developed a little bit of a friendship over time. When she got really busy, she invited Jess into the kitchen to help cook. Jess used Mm -hmm. to be in marketing. And it's partly Jess is doing that her shop was so busy in recent days because of the new candy because Jess got the word out. Yeah. And and I don't know how Jess got the word. I guess she gave up her house but still has a phone. Or <laughs> yeah, it's because she's like, oh, I still have contacts in the marketing business. It's like, yeah, okay. just, but you're living in cardboard, <laughs> like live. literally on the streets. So it's kind of like, how did you, did you just like maybe like because there's no such thing as pay phones anymore, <laughs> right? So I don't know how that happened, but anyway, it magically appeared. Whatever, just worked her magic <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and so Jess is like, leaving was a mistake. And then she sort of comes up. She's like, well, we have to run some damage control on you and the shop. But the first thing you have to do is write an email to the contest. Because leaving makes you look guilty. Like guilty. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think it necessarily does. I don't know. But I I agree with her, though. She shouldn't have left. But yes, it's an impulsive thing that a 22-year-old would do. I would have started throwing shit at him. (laughs) So she writes to the judges. And they're like, you know, we've never had anything. It's like it's like that scene in Bring It On, where two mm-hmm. teams have the same routine. Um, she's like, well, yeah, okay, you both, have, you had the same entrant, but but you know, it was by far and away the best thing we'd ever tasted in the entire competition. So you're both in the finals, and you have a chance to redeem yourselves by presenting a new chocolate at the finals. And I have to say, like, she agonizes over it and she goes through all these things and she gets all the girls to test out the chocolates in the shop and they come up, she comes up with a new recipe. Like, it forces her to, you know, find her creative mojo. Yeah, finally. But the one thing I have to say, though, is when I was reading about the chocolate that she produces, I was like, man, I want to try that. Yeah, it sounded pretty good. <laughs> it sounded really good, but I was just like, how are you going to mass produce that? Well, you're not. That That is small batch. Like, yeah. literal small batch chocolate. Small batch right there, yeah. <laughs> totally. Um, so, of course, like, she... So, her chocolate... Okay, so, they go to the finals, and Nick totally sabotages his father. Mm-hmm. 
he makes the same recipe that um, she fell on her face with, like the watermelon chocolate. The watermelon, yeah, piece of crap mm. from a couple mm. years ago. Um, so, you know, it's a big fuck you, dad, from Nick. Mm. Uh, and everyone is just completely blown away at Big Dulcie's chocolate. Like, to behold, like, I guess it's just a work of art. Mm. Um, and then I guess tastes like the greatest thing ever. So she obviously wins. Everything's great. And then <laughs> finally, what you've been waiting for this whole time, Nick is selling his cupcakes in her shop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Dulcie's grandmother and Nick's dad are dating again. Yeah. <laughs> That's how the book ends. <laughs> yeah. Oh exactly. my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and then, and then basically the one thing, so like at the end, uh, Jesse moves in upstairs of the bakery. Cause they just <laughs> decided to clear out this extra space, which I'm like, if you were financially going under, why didn't you clear out the space earlier and rent it out? Yeah. It's like, Oh, we didn't know how big, we didn't even know that this was actually like a rental. You know, we were just using it for storage. It's like, come on. Yeah. Like you could tell if something's a rental unit or not. It's a fucking apartment. It has a kitchen and a bedroom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but it's just like the way it was written. It's like, well, you know, they went down to city hall and found out that they it's you know the apartment is legal, so they're going to rent it out to supplement their income. But they're going to rent it out to Jess and give her a job. I'm like, so are you garnishing her wages? Are you paying her <laughs> money so she can pay you rent? How does that work? <laughs> that, that, it's like, yeah. I, I, I understand where what you're getting at, but. <laughs> You're not being but then I'm also like, clear. are you going to pay her for being your marketing guru now? Like, what's going on with that? Well, I think they, yeah, I think they were paying her to be, to do some of their marketing so she could get back on her feet with the expectation that she'll move on to greener pastures. But you're also letting her live upstairs. So that's just mm-hmm. kind of weird. Yeah, I don't know. So anyway. Charge <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Every, everything works out fine. And then, uh, you know, yeah, and Nick has his cupcakes in the shop. And yes, so we're all living happily ever after. So, did you find this book hot? Like, it was cute. It was super cute. It was cute because I started, I, I texted you. I'm like, I, this might be the wine talking, but this looks really cute because I was like uh, half into a bottle of wine. <laughs> well, I, I sent was, you that. <laughs> I actually had received some really terrible news that day. So, it was exactly what I needed to kind of oh, like decompress. Good. Yeah. So, I was just kind of like, but actually, it took me two and a half hours to read. So, it was a really quick one. It is quick. Um, but yes, no, I thought it was cute, but it certainly wasn't hot. There's no sex. No. There's and just like, like the tension isn't sexual. Not a, like it, no, it isn't. It's romantic, but it's not sexual. Yeah. Because, you know, like they like each other and that's really cute. And then they kiss a few times. And the closest time they come to sex is on the bed and then he crushes her chocolates and then she runs away. Yeah. But even then it's like. It's not okay. hot. It's not hot. It's like, okay, we can kind of build up. It's more lusty than anything. And we're, you know, we're starting to build up the passion. But then, of course, that whole situation is immediately deflated when he crushes her chocolates. Yep. Um, and she essentially just kind of kicks him in the balls. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's this book. This book isn't hot. It's not hot, but I, it's cute. And but if you like cute. a cute 
easy beach read, it's yeah. pretty good for that. Yes. Agreed. It's yeah. like it, it like this is one of the the ones actually I kind of like the most. Yeah, of all the stuff we've read, this is uh-huh. this is up there for sure. Yeah. Like it was it's a fun read, it's cute, it's nice. It makes sense a lot of the time except for the age thing. Like it generally isn't like the characters are they don't really develop much, but it only happens over what like a month or two anyway, so whatever. And then um I mean sure it has its faults, but I I I thought it was cute. Like it was just it's a fun, easy, cheesy read. Yes. So not hot, <laughs> but cheesy fun. <laughs> cheesy fun. Not hot, but cute. Yeah. 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 I don't know if I have much else to say. <laughs> Um, Yeah, so I got some reviews here. Oh, first of all, I should say, so this book is rated, what is it rated? 3.75 out of 5 on Goodreads. Oh, is that because people wanted something hot and they didn't get it? (laughs) Well, of all the, the, of the 274 ratings, I didn't find anything less than three stars. Hmm. In, In my very quick glance through... So it's kind of middle of the road. The, sorry, the, let's, no, that's ratings. 50 reviews. I didn't look at all the ratings. Um, so yeah, so the three stars and up, essentially. So I have a couple of three-star reviews here. I thought the story was too typical, and everything just seemed uneventful. It's like you already know what's going to happen, so the story kind of fell flat. I think... You can do without reading this book unless you are super bored and have nothing else to read. I would say that that's pretty accurate in the sense that you know what's going to happen. Yeah, for sure. Um, but at the same time, I'm like, most of these books, we know what's going to happen. happen. But not in terms of like, they're going to get together at the end of the book, but more like sort of plot points yeah, along the way. Yeah. Um, so I do agree. It's like you do spend part of the story just waiting for stuff to happen. Um, it's so quick the pacing isn't terrible yeah if it were a longer book it would be more of a problem yeah thank god it's not yeah uh okay so here's another one this is a little longer this book dot 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 (laughs) ellipses i don't even know how to discuss it it's sweet and adorable but there isn't much substance to it dulcie is not a terrible person yet i didn't like her all that much I mostly wanted to shake her and beg her to tell me what she thinks she needs to be happy. I don't think we ever really got a sense of that. Yes, she wants Candyland confections to be successful, but it's more out of duty to her mother than her own desires. She wants romance, but when Nick comes offering it, she initially rebuffs him. True. Then there is Nick, who is more likable than Dulcie, but still not a hot hero or anything. He allows his father to push his buttons, and he's only in it because he doesn't want someone else to take over the business. Neither one of these poor, sorry, neither one of these people appear to want what they are, want what they are working. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, neither, sorry, I should have read the whole sentence. Neither <laughs> of these people appear to want what they're working so hard to keep, professionally that is. In terms of hotness, I don't know if I agree with that. She seems to want it quite badly. Well, he does. She, she, the thing is, like, she, she always makes a point of saying, like, this is her mom's legacy. This is what my mom wanted. So that's yeah, why but it's that's so more, important I think, to me. Due to her lack of confidence. But then, about. like, Jess has a really good. I like Jess a lot. She's one yeah. of my favorite characters. Jess says her, to her, actually, I would have to say that um, Dulcie's friends are way better than Dulcie's characters. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, because, like, Dulcie's carrying on. She's like, you know, this is my mother's dream. This is my mother's legacy. And Jess is like, well, what about your legacy? Mm -hmm. Right? Like, you can't live your life for somebody else. So she's right about that. Okay. Um, I'll just, a couple more paragraphs in this review. In terms of hotness, well, you don't get a whole lot. It's a book about chocolate, so if you're going for hot, the chocolate will melt. Get it? (laughs) It's too sweet to be hot. This isn't to say that I did not enjoy the book. I did. Just not enough to fall in love with it. Now, I did fall in love with some of the candy described in there. (laughs) (laughs) Some of those chocolates sound amazing. (laughs) (laughs) And there is a recipe. I feel like I'm on the same page as this woman. Yeah. (laughs) Or man, I think, I guess. Um, Yeah, because Dulcie is pretty flat. Um, She is a little unlikable at times. I don't yeah. know if Nick is any more likable than she is because he's also, like, neither of them really have much to them. No. And, yeah, I agree with you. Like, the friends are actually, they seem more real than the main characters. Yeah. And we don't spend a lot of time with these people, but. Um, and Jess in particular. Mm-hmm. I don't really have anything else to say about this book, to be honest. <laughs> Do you? Um, no, I guess not. Now I'm trying okay. to think. Yeah, <laughs> I think we've pretty much covered it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're all, when we like a book, we have less to say about it than when we hate a book. <laughs> yeah, when we hate a book, we really hate a book. We really hate a book. We are like full on with the criticism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't know when to stop. We but... do not give compliments very easily. No, we are It very... just goes to our bitchiness. <laughs> stingy with the compliments exactly (laughs) um so i guess yeah at the risk of just repeating ourselves we'll end it here um what is there to say how can people reach out to us if they feel like doing so you can't well what's our twitter you don't even know Um, if you if you enjoy the podcast, um, you can do like and subscribe on your preferred podcast app. Please leave us a five star review. It helps other people um, find us. You can send us an email at candypod at gmail.com. Sorry, that's C and D pod at gmail.com. You can tweet us at candypod, <laughs> C and D pod. And on Facebook, we are chicks and all right so i guess it's my i'm gonna say keep it sexy (laughs) that's all right do try and have some candy oh i really want chocolate um i can probably put that i like candy song oh there you go in the outro you can do it in the intro I like candy.